today on Laura Lynn and Friends. A lot of what you're seeing in the adverse reactions from the injections and the the sudden deaths and all of that, this is what it looks like when you're merging technology into human bodies and it doesn't work. Okay, well, this is going to be fun. So we have an out-of-studio experience going on today. Um, I have a couple of incredible guests, and I want to let you know that I think it's some of what they're presenting is very disconcerting, and I don't want you to be afraid, but on the other hand, I want you to have knowledge and have understanding that um, this is an incredible couple, but they're showing uh, from documentation that they can prove on how, you know, this, uh, you know, there's a lot being said about transhumanism and our bodies and machines linking together and all of this. Well, how would they be able to do that? And what are the different ways and techniques they might use? Well, Hope and Tavon have done some research and they are a husband and wife team of engineering, research and business professionals. They're American expats who live in Morocco. God bless them. Oh, Tavon has a background as a U.S. Navy technician and energy technology engineer. Hope holds an MBA and has a variety of business management experience in both government and corporate finance, small business management, and marketing. They run an online engineering academy for the development of clean energy technology devices. They also make handmade products for EMF protection. They are the authors of Forbidden Tech, the complete guide to energy, social, and biological technologies uh, that they did not want you to know about. Uh, You know, the bad guys never want us to know about this stuff. The book is a collection of their life's work and research on fringe topics such as free energy, energy weapons, EMF radiation, and protection, surveillance, and biotechnology. Little did they know when they wrote their book in 2017 that the methods and technologies that they had researched would soon be used on the entire population via the COVID agenda. For the past two years, Hope and Tavon have been monitoring the latest censored information on 5G, COVID vaccine-related issues to Uh, to present them in condensed summary to inform the public. As Christians, they feel it is God's calling on their lives and they want to communicate to people what they're finding out so that we are aware and we can protect ourselves. All right, take a look uh, at this interview. It's absolutely fantastic. They put up with it all um, as I drive to the airport to pick up my good friend, Marilyn. Let's, Let's go. Hope and Devon, I'm just so thrilled to be with you today. Um, so as you can see, I'm driving everyone, not touching, not touching the phone, okay? Everything's good. Uh, but we're, we're just thrilled to have you. And what you're, when I saw your video, I was mind blown with what you're presenting. And I, I'm wondering if you can um, just share with our audience. You know, we know that Yuval Noah Harari talks about us being hackable animals. And you know, we might not understand how serious he really is about that. Yeah, um, I, I, we tend not to, uh, well, we, we don't and, and listen to these madmen. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're godless uh, and they, they have a lot of plans uh, like, like their father does, the devil, for humanity. And we know better. Uh, we know how the story ends in the end. 
Um, and so what we do is we, we fight, we fight the good fight of faith and, uh, and just disregard these, these people. However, God gives us insight to their plans and, um, and we can't be caught unawares. And it is important to have knowledge uh, so that we don't fall into any of the snares of the enemy. Yeah. So when, when we don't listen to them, it's basically we don't follow them, but we do actually pay attention to some of the things that they're saying because we want to know what their plans are. And by educating other people about what their plans are, about what they've already deployed and already implemented in terms of their evil technology, I think that that gives humanity a fighting chance uh, to fight against this agenda. Well, I love it. Um, you guys work together. You're a married couple and uh, you're Christians and you believe that the enemy's got some brutal plans and as always god gives us wisdom because without knowledge the people perish so you've got knowledge would you begin by telling us uh sort of be how you began um deciding that you need to really investigate this and what you found basically through your uh expertise and your careers yeah, I'll start. So I think it's because of definitely our background. We work with technology. My husband is an engineer. Um, we've studied technology. We've been doing a lot of work on things like 5G, electromagnetic frequencies, and how they're really bad for human health because we were uh, experiencing bad effects from EMF, right? So with that, it just made us dig and search and we're always on top of what the industry is doing and the information that we're going to present to you today comes from that industry the IEEE or the, this the emerging technology industry and so that is what um, allowed us to stumble upon this information and basically just say we understand what they're doing because they use a lot of acronyms um, and when they're talking about their new technologies. And the problem is, is that most people aren't aware of what they're actually doing to humanity without people's knowledge or consent. So from our, from our background, we are always doing um, research on this and we stumbled upon this information. Uh, we do have like three or four years worth of uh, research and documentation behind our research. So, you know, that's, that's on our website as well. But that's how we came uh, came into the information. So uh, also, let's begin. Yeah, go ahead, Tivon. Well, I just want to say briefly. Um, it also is. It's also supports the direction we were going when we wrote our book called Forbidden Tech in 2017, um, uh, dealing with uh, high technology. Um, and how it can be used and how it can be abused. Um, yeah. So we were tying things together our book. <laughs> during, that, during that period of time. Uh, and, and, and our own path, uh, we, we were on the receiving end of some of these things, but we're both very electrosensitive. Um, you know, we, we are very conscious of the harmful effects of EMF um, and having a clean diet and what it means to have to live a lifelong regime of trying to stay healthy and strong um, in this toxic environment. So uh, the, all this stuff is built upon um, years of research and work. And then we're realizing that actually this is an industry standard that's been established um, seemingly without the public knowing. Amazing. All right, begin working us through this incredible presentation you have. You have data, you have facts, you have information to back up 
uh, what you're saying and what you believe is gone and what we should be concerned about. So I'm going to give you the floor. I'm enjoying the ride. I got both eyes on the on the highway for the most part. I love you guys. And I I really appreciate this is a bit uh, the audience know it's a bit disconcerting because if what you're saying is actually true, we need to know it and we need to protect ourselves. So I give you the floor for to, to share your your presentation. Yes, and if you just want to go to the cover slide, which is slide one, um, you will see now every single thing that we talk about, we back up with scientific facts, information, white papers. We have extensive blog posts on our website. So we don't just say stuff and not back it up. I just want to make sure everybody knows that. You can always go and do your own research and learn for yourself. So we call this presentation the Wireless Body Area Network. This is how they're running computer networks through human bodies. Go to the next slide. Okay. Um, so humans are being biohacked through the Wireless Body Area Network which is an AI-driven technology that has been covertly erected around our modern society uh, over the past several decades. It uses our living human bodies to operate. So the, the idea is to put a technical overlay over your body. The system was recently upgraded through um, COVID and is, full of steam is a full steam ahead to implement the UN's Age of Global Enlightenment, which is in reality a technocratic totalitarianism. In this presentation, we go deep into the industry that is bringing uh, you transhumanism to define the terms and to show a high level view of their plans. Next slide. So this is a timeline. And by the time we're done with this presentation, hopefully everybody listening to this will know what all these terms mean. But we wanted to show you how they've been working at this for a very, very long time. This is the globalist system upgrade timeline and this comes from the original lie from the bible where satan said ye shall be as gods so that's the first line recorded history and then they've been lying to you the entire time ever since then in 1956 they invented something called biosensors which are very important and we're going to define soon then in 1995 they created the wireless body area network which is also known as the w band then in 2017, there was a huge system upgrade. This is what is called the cyber physical backbone. That's a technological term. And part of that was something called metamaterials or terahertz defined software. That's like that nanotechnology that you've been hearing about. That's what that stuff is. That was in 2017 where they basically laid out the grid for all of this. And then in 2019 through 2022 was the COVID deployment where they graphinated the entire population for anyone that took those uh, injections. And then after that, in the future, the, all of this is gearing up for the AI apocalypse which is the UN's Age of Global Enlightenment, the UN 100 2045 Agenda, and 15-Minute Smart Cities with Population Control, which you've had some people on your show speaking about that in the past. So we're showing you how they've been moving towards that so you'll know where we're going. This is transhumanism. This is the fourth industrial revolution, and this is also as it was in the days of Noah. Next slide. 
Okay, so now we're going to cover the Institute of Electrical and Electronics Engineers, or the IEEE. And the IEEE is the world's largest technical professional organization dedicated to advancing technology for the benefit of humanity. Uh, now, it is comprised of physicists, chemists, engineers, electricians, radio engineers, computer networking, and uh, all kinds of uh, technicians of all different fields. They've, they've basically grown their membership into different fields over the, over the last few decades. Now, they make all the standards for the internet and wireless worldwide. They're involved in forming public policy for all governments. They are in 190 countries. The 64% of their organization's membership is located outside of the United States. They have more than 5 million white papers, so 200,000 more added annually and sponsor 2,000 conferences and events in 106 countries. They have 3,700 branches at colleges and universities in over 100 countries, and they have 3,625 student branch chapters of the IEEE technical societies. Now, the reason why we're telling you all of these fast facts about the IEEE is to show you the scope and how huge this industry is. It is a multi-trillion dollar industry because right now there's this thing going on where maybe it's people trying to hide the mm. information. They don't want to talk about the information, but they're basically discrediting that any of this stuff is real and that any of this stuff is really happening because they say things like, oh, the IEEE, that doesn't really exist. Yes. Or the, the white papers that the IEEE are putting out, those aren't real. So we're just showing you the scope of this industry to try to break through some of like the, the nonsense and the cover-ups that are going on right now. Uh, IEEE research is accessible through your memberships, uh, through a membership to it, which we've joined. We're members of the IEEE so that we can read the papers. Uh, there is a paywall. Some of the, the papers are between $30 or $300. Yeah. Depends. Yes. So it's accessible, but it's not free. And that might be the reason why some people don't know. And we're hoping to be able to take some of these papers and the terminology and define them in simple terms so that people can understand. So in general, the IEEE, although they don't make the laws or uh, legally uh, create laws, they make the standards. And to show how much impact it has, when you go into an electronics store, to, let's say buy a new wireless router or any kind of electronic gadget, if you look on, on probably on the packaging on the box or in the instructions or somewhere on the device itself, you'll get conforms with code. So, on, you know, with a, with a, like a, some kind of number and of the regulation or of the code, they created the code that that's, that's, uh, this organization. Yeah. So it, they definitely have a, a real sense of authority over this industry and what's coming out. So it is very real is what we're saying. So the next slide, please. So we're going to talk about the biofield. The human body is electrical. That's how God made us. And it has an electromagnetic field. You, the human body is on the electromagnetic spectrum. Okay. All the chemical reactions in our body are mediated by an electrical signal that goes through all of our systems. The biofield or biological field is a complex organizing energy field engaged in the generation, maintenance, and regulation of biological homeodynamics or systems. And this is coming from the NIH website. So it's a government website defining what the biofield is. There are tons of medical journal articles and white papers that discuss using the electricity produced by the human body as a conductor 
for a wireless power transfer. The biofield is the scientifically accepted term in Western medicine. In other cultures through history, it has also been referred to as chi or prana, etc. It is the life force that is emitted through all living things. Your body naturally has electromagnetic frequency waves from your biofield, and this is what they are measuring on an EEG in a hospital, for example, for signs of life. So knowledge of the biofield was removed from public teachings and Western medicine through the Flexner Report in 1910, at the same time as when they, they took a whole bunch of natural healing out of uh, public knowledge at that time as well, through that same Flexner Report. Mm -hmm. It was then hidden in academia all these years, and it has been developed upon in the AI and biomedical engineering tech industry. The technologies using the biofield have been deployed on the population without a person's knowledge or consent. And there's a couple of papers that we're referencing here on this slide talking about how researchers are trying to harness the electricity in the human body or that the human body as an electrical conductor is a new method of wireless power transfer. So they're basically hijacking your body's natural electric field to run their technology. Can I ask to you something, Hope? Yes, please. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when they removed it, is does it remain removed like to this day, the, the understanding of this publicly? Yes, yes, yes. And there's actually been a lot of, um, there's, what's the term when you, you call something it's something to make to, to discredit it like they'll, they'll call it the aura or different things to make you say oh that's not real that's all woo woo yeah, it's crazy that's crazy so they don't right. want people understand that this is part of the bodies that god made us in um yeah, now right. what's happened is the technology has matured to the point to where all all the covert government testing and research that was done in the past has come into the commercial world so that in academia it's being discussed. If you're not part of that circle, the general population has no idea that this is where um, this is where technology in the biomedical field has gone in, 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 into in a, where it uses devices that exploit everyone's natural biofield without explaining to everyone what their biofield is or can, or is capable of. And there's there's like a whole wow. field of healing where it's like if you can treat your biofield electrically, that can help to heal a lot of different ailments that we that we suffer. Sometimes mm. it's not a physical, um, you know, cut slash and burn kind of healing that you need. It's, it's sometimes it's it's the electricity around your body that's making you sick or that can that can help you to heal, right? So yeah, and it's, what it's I important like to about I'm sorry. Yeah. What I like about what you guys are saying, like you're, this is totally in line with how God made us. God is yes. energy. Uh, he's mm -hmm. the ultimate, he's the most powerful force, uh, in the universe, um, and uh, of every universe. And when he made us and when he said, let there be light. And when he made human beings, uh, of course we know that there's, uh, this energy field around us. We feel it. We feel it when we meet somebody that's just so full of joy and light. And we feel it when we meet somebody who's got a very dark force around them. And so, yeah. uh, yes. it, it's fascinating. And I, I just want my audience because we ascribe to the word of God 
And mm-hmm. what I love about what you guys are saying is it just brings it in line. Like God is a such an amazing God. And the way he Absolutely. created us was beautiful. And so ways yes. to be healed as well. Um, you know, I think of some people that uh, I know right now that are very, very sick and we just need a real miracle for them. So anyways, please keep going. I'm fascinated. Keep going. Yeah, and it's really important that thank you for bringing that out because we want to make sure that people can embrace this knowledge and understand this this is God. And so what we're going to talk about is the technology that is being inserted into human beings that is um, destroying God's creation. So if you go to the next slide, we're going to introduce something called biosensors. Now these have been around, if you recall from... Uh, Let's see, 1956 so least, is when these yeah, were invented. So let's tell you what they are and how they work and how they're made. Okay, so a biosensor is an integrated receptor or transducer device. It can convert biological response into an electrical signal. The design and the development of biosensors have taken center stage for researchers and scientists in recent decades owing to the wide range of their application such as the healthcare, disease diagnosis, environmental uh, monitoring, water and food quality monitoring, and drug delivery. Now, biosensors have been around since 1956, the first one being electrochemical. They were made commercially available in 2010, and many different kinds of biosensors have been developed and are used in all sorts of different things. Um, now, there are several kinds of biosensors. You have optical is light-based. You have piezoelectric, uh, that things that resonate by the crystals. Uh, now, now you also have electrochemical, and you have hybridized synthetic biology, which is more um, that that's more advanced. Now, there are millions of ways that biosensors have been put into human bodies without the person's knowledge or consent, and we're referring to the contamination of the air, water, and food supply, um, injections, and so forth. Now, biosensors also have the ability to modify the DNA of the subject. Now, they are at the micro scale and nano in scale and are located in the interstitial fluids between your cells once they get into your body. Now, these biosensors also use your body's natural electrical energy to power themselves and emit a data signal that is connected to the IoT or Internet of Things. They communicate with electricity. They communicate with electricity just like your cell phone. And cell phones can be uh, bootstrap devices for biosensors. They can take the signal that's near your body if you have a cell phone, and these cell phones can take that signal and boost it and resend it to the cloud. Now, biosensors that are made out of hybrid, hybridizing your DNA emit a signal using the electrochemical elements such as light, and they can be controlled using optogenics. Um, controlling biological systems through light. Now, this is disturbing information if you're hearing this for the first time. And let me just say, yes, we all have biosensors in our body. They have contaminated the entire environment all over the place. So, you know, there's many ways that people are trying to clean these biosensors, get them out of the body, detox from them. Uh, there's people that are, are working on different ways to deactivate them. But this is what we're talking about as far as our bodies have been contaminated by this technology without our knowledge or consent. And also there's there's a lot of papers. The, one, the paper yeah. we have on this slide 
Uh, it came out recently on InfoWars, and this is um, a paper that was discussed between uh, Todd Callender and Maria Z on InfoWars, and it's talking about the effect of coronavirus worldwide through misusing of wireless sensor networks. So these biosensors in our bodies make up networks. And when you're, when you're beaming people with different electromagnetic frequency waves, it's hitting those biosensors over and over again. And that is what is causing a lot of sickness. And that's what this paper was, was, um, looking into it was, it was sort of like a uh they were blowing the whistle basically yeah, by the writing author. this paper mm -hmm. right so it was a uh, it was the first time we've seen in the alternative news circuit where they actually started talking about biosensors and the wireless body area network that is made up of biosensors so let's just go on to slide number seven to continue to describe what these biosensors are so there's four main components of a biosensor uh, the first component is an analyte, which is a chemical or biological material that gives the electron reaction as it is connected. The second component is a receptor, also known as the recognition layer that binds to the target component. The third component is a transducer, which acts as an interface measuring the production that occurs with the bioreceptor, transforms energy into a measurement. And the fourth is the signal, which is the component that displays the information. So biosensors are used for the analysis of living subjects remotely, and they can use anything in your body, blood, glucose, et cetera. So like biosensors would be used for diabetics for the glucose levels on the, on the screen reader. That's, that's like an example, right? Um, they obtain the sample, they analyze and transmit the data from your body to a screen where you can read the, the data on a screen. And they use your body's natural electric energy to power themselves and to send and receive data. So they're literally turning our bodies into computers that can send and receive data, just like your wireless your phones, yeah. your smart appliances. Um, this is another paper we have referenced here, energy harvesting, the internet of things, health-based paradigm towards outage probability reduction through inter-wireless body area network cooperation. So just here's some more papers that we can reference. Any comments or questions before we move on to the next part? I'm enjoying it. Um, thank you very much. I mean, when I first heard this, uh, it was very disturbing to my soul. So I know that, you know, as people listen to this, there's there's a revelatory uh, part yeah. of this where we understand how they've seized um, the way God made us uh, in order to potentially really use it for harm. So thank you for what you're sharing. Uh, just keep going, everyone. Let's Let's hear this. And as a word of encouragement, I want to say that I firmly believe that the one that made our DNA is the same one that can fix our DNA. Amen. Right. So that, you know, Jesus is the override button for all of this. That is that is my belief, Amen. in my opinion. So, you know, but we have to know what they're doing. And this is what this is what it means that it was as it was in the days of Noah, because in the days of Noah, you know, all flesh was corrupted mm -hmm. back then. There's there's all kinds of crazy stuff that was going on in the world at that point with, you know, merging fallen angels with mankind and all of that stuff. That, 
yet Nephilim. Yep. This is this is just like that, except it's worse because it's like I, I anyway, it blows my mind, but it's important that we understand it. Um, we're going to show you on the next slide is uh, slide eight, and we're talking about a couple of the actual standards uh, from the IEEE that governs the these biosensors and the wireless body area network. Okay, so this is the first standard for uh, from IEEE, and it's 802.15.4, dealing with the standards for communication with portable devices including bodies. And this is just the uh, abstract of, of the standard. The physical layer, which is the device or body, uh, and medium access control, which would be like the MAC address uh, uh, code that's emitted with your Bluetooth devices. Uh, that that sub-layer specifications for low data rate wireless connectivity with fixed, portable, and moving devices with no battery or very limited battery consumption requirements are defined in the standard. In addition, the standard provides modes that allow for precision ranging. Now, the physical layer are defined for devices operating in a variety of geographic regions. And then there's a PDF that goes more into the specifics that is downloadable if, you, uh, if you're able to join the site. And the next slide. And that is 802.15.6. Now, this is dealing with the standards for inter-body communication inside the body, then going from the body. So this is dealing with all the different kinds of things we just covered with biosensors uh, inside the body that send signals outside the body from the inside. This is a short-range wireless communications in the vicinity of or inside a human body but not limited to humans, are specified in this standard. It uses existing industrial scientific medical ISM bands as well as frequency bands approved for national medical and or regulatory authorities. Support for quality of service, extremely low power, and data rates up to 10 megabits per second is required while simultaneously complying with strict non-interference guidelines where needed. You know, the strict guidelines, but they've already invaded your space with this uh, technology. This standard considers effects on portable antennas due to the presence of a person, varying with male, female, skinny, heavy, etc. Radiation pattern shaping to minimize the specific absorption rate into the body and changes in characteristics as a result of the user's motions and all, like all the other standards, there's a PDF that goes more into detail of this standard. So basically, if somebody's trying to say, this isn't real, they're not really doing this with human bodies without our knowledge or consent, we're showing you like the smoking gun, right? This, these are the standards that, they're, that are written that prove to, that this is what they've been doing. To give you an example, what it takes to have a standard published in IEEE requires years of research and replication of all the universities and all the researchers in these universities to have replicated, to have um, um, built upon uh, a body of work at the academic level with published papers dealing with the innovations in these technologies and for them to come together to a consensus to make a standard such as this. And it's not all theory. It's actually deployed, implemented, activated, real technology. Often these standards are built on research that has been done over decades, um, whether in the private or public sector. So you go to the next slide. 
this is where we're going to pull it all together to describe what is known as the, the wireless body area network. And this is something that our personal mission is to make sure everybody knows what this is, because this is what this is all about. This is, this is turning human bodies into computer networking nodes. So our bodies are being used as communications propagation systems since 1995. And we haven't even known this, right? A wireless body area network or a W-BAN or a body sensor network connects independent nodes, such as those biosensors and actuators we were talking about, that are situated in the clothes, on the body, or under the skin of a person in your body. The network typically expands over the whole human body and the nodes are connected through a wireless communication channel. And this is coming from the IEEE papers that describe what the wireless body area network is. We're reading directly from these papers. And over here, we want to show and explain how, like, where does the wireless body area network sit in all of your different computer networks that we have yes. in the world? So what you see on the left here is like an onion, like an onion with all the layers, where in the center you have the nanotechnology that's inside the body and the networks that are around that body from, from the inside out are connecting to the cloud. So you have your nanoscale sensors sending data inside through and outside of your body. That's the body area network or BAN uh, to the personal area network, which is the devices uh, that are immediately around your body uh, that around your personal workspace, your that's the phone, personal computer. area network. And then what, uh, most people who have a device is very uh, uh, familiar with LAN, which is your local area network. And then you go into the larger networks like your campus area network um, or, re or your local residence. The networks get larger and larger. Eventually you connect to the cloud. But this is the proper uh, architecture for what they've uh, created with this technology. So we're showing you like the pathway that they harvest the data out of your body, whatever that is, whatever data that is, your, your vitals, uh, the temperature, your temperature, whether or not you have a disease, whatever it is, right? They harvest that out of your body and they send it through all these networks. Uh, they're all like handshaking, right? And they send it through all these networks in order yes. to bring it to the database in the cloud mm -hmm. where all of that information is collected and then used and to do whatever they want yeah. with, right? So if you go to the next slide, this brings us to uh, the internet of bodies. Okay, so the internet of bodies or IOB is a growing industry of devices that monitor the human body collect health and other personal information, and transmit that data over the internet. Now, the researchers who have been finding nanotechnology where they're looking at under the blood, under the microscope in the last three years, two years, uh, need to understand that there is an industry of people who work daily jobs that are regulating these nano networks. Someone somewhere has the data for what has happened recently to the human population. Mm -hmm. Now, these are the biosensors and components that make up the wireless body area network and the internet of bodies. Now, I'm sure you've seen some of the stuff that has been coming up under microscopes when people are looking at the, uh, the injections, what's in the vials, what's in people's blood, these like microchips. This slide on the right comes from La Quinta Columna, which is a research group that was 
doing a lot of this research and putting things underneath the microscopes and they were using scientific papers to basically say this thing we found in the COVID injection vials is the same thing from this research paper that is a codec or a, a different kind of a computer component. So they found things like um, graphene nano antennas, um, different types of nano routers, all on the nano scale, microscopic and nano scale. So yeah. that's and sometimes they look like little computer chips, right? They look yes. like yes. little computer yes. chips. Yeah, with, I've with seen that, and, and I've yes. even seen people say, "Wow, we don't know what that is," you know. But this mm. kind of like this is crazy. Yes. Wow. Yes. It's a it's a multi trillion dollar industry, Laura, and um, apparently the secret has been kept this long. Uh, so you have to think there's a lot of motive to keep it secret. The level of information that's being harvested and being exploited um, for profit. Now, what you're seeing here, this is a, a quote from the World Economic Forum website where they're, they're talking about the Internet of Things, where they say tracking how our bodies work could change our lives. We're entering the era of the Internet of Bodies, collecting our physical data via a range of devices that can be implanted, swallowed, or worn. The result is a huge amount of health-related data that could improve human well-being throughout the world improve. and prove crucial in fighting the COVID-19 pandemic because it's all about your health, right? <laughs> so, so that's from the World Economic Forum, but this is what they've been planning for decades. They've been working on this technology for a very long time, a ton of money has gone into this, and there are hundreds of thousands of scientists and engineers. And white papers. And biomedical engineers and white papers that are working on developing this technology to get it to the point that it's at now. And this is why they needed the upgrade. So we're going to talk about that upgrade in just a second, but we have to define a few more terms so that you can understand the upgrade. So first, we're going to tell you what metamaterials terahertz software defined are okay so um these technologies these metamaterials are basically they're graphene based technologies all kinds of scientists have been working on these technologies for decades uh, they function primarily at the nanoscale because of the frequencies they need to interact with which is much higher much higher than uh, the microwave range that we currently have for our uh routers and our, for our cell phones. Now, the thing about this, uh, Laura, is that these technologies were basically put on hold due to the commercial, um, to the commercial world by governments, even though they are developed. And we're referring to a presentation done by a Dr. Achilles um, that you see on the upper left here in this presentation. We go more into this um, in, in other presentations we've done, but you can sit through his presentation. I think it still might be on available online. Um, on YouTube, even. Yeah. Well, the, the, the thing about this is that when you actually start digging, uh, a lot, most of these terms are a Google uh, Google key keyword away. Uh, and a lot of these uh, presentations, I guess because they're so boring, uh, they realize that most people wouldn't look for them. But if you know where to look, it's right there. And they tell you exactly how this technology they, functions. They, exactly. boast, they boast about their technology. They're really proud of it. They think it's super cool. So having to go into the history of it, um, 
the governments themselves were allowing this research to go on at some capacity that wasn't publicly known. And it was only in, in 2017 um, as part of an infrastructure upgrade to the global information network, uh, which would further be initiated three years later with the graphination of the population through the COVID injections, did become more clear what this was all about. So, so this is Professor Ian Achilles, and he's showing his graphene-based plasmonic nano antenna. So this is a very, very small antenna um, that he invented with one of his colleagues. They have patents on it. And while he was giving his presentation, talking about these metamaterials, this, this is one of the metamaterials, by the way, um, he actually said that the COVID vaccines are bio nano machines. So that's what we're looking at here. He was boasting about that. And these square graphene antennas are within the same scale of the type of things that people were finding under the microscope. Yes. And, you know, there's a whole study on graphene and why it was needed because you need the graphene in order for this technology to work on the upgraded grid. Now, if you also, if you um, look up just in a Wikipedia definition or about graphene being toxic, it was discovered in the mid 1800s and it is a well-known toxin, um, uh, dangerous toxin to the human body. Yes. So uh, Ian Achilles and his, his colleague, Giuseppe Jornet are industry leaders in all things internet of things. They have the internet of things, the internet of bodies, the internet of nano things, the internet of space things. These are all areas of research with products that have been deployed that they've been working on that's been on hold uh, until recently. 2017, they were like, right. really? Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Hope, we have, uh, we also found this Forbes article on uh, mm -hmm. on this, I think, JT, if you have that handy to just kind of, uh, you know, shove up. Like, yes. uh, th this is, this, um, this is not like some, you know, conspiracy theory. They, they literally tell us what they're going to do. And then maybe they hope mm -hmm. we don't notice or, or they don't know if we'll, you know, really get the facts on it all. And mm. uh, they, they speak out loud about this, you know? So yes. it's amazing that because I think that like you guys have been given a, a very special job to share with the world what's actually going on because of your expertise, because of what you actually know about the world, you're able to make it, to, to bring it down into compartmentalized pieces so we can understand it. Yeah, we feel it's our assignment from Jesus to uh, try to explain this to people as best as we can. Um, I think also, Laura, what uh, what we found that the people who who uh, roll out with these plans tend to do is talk about things as if it's in the future. Oh, that's a big one. You have to really be aware of that. That's exactly uh, and, what they do. And, and so there's a psychological layer there. So you think, oh, it's it's ten years away, it's twenty years away. I I, I won't be bothered Don't by, worry the, about it. by the secure my, my privacy. Don't worry it, about it. it. And and all yeah. the while they've already have deployed these things, um, bringing it out to uh, uh, let's say dodgy organizations that would have access to these technologies to experiment or maybe even exploit and make money off people real time. So you don't look and you don't, you don't think about the now. A lot of what you're wow. seeing in the adverse reactions from the injections and the, the sudden deaths and all of that, that's, this is what it looks like 
when you're merging technology into human bodies and it doesn't work. Okay, so that's basically why people are getting as, as sick or they're dying. This is what it looks like. But you're, where we're all being gaslighted to say, oh, that's no, that's not what it is. It's something else. Um, but, you know, that's what we're seeing. And so just to give you some ideas as to some of the plans that they've got with this Internet of Bodies that's actually already deployed. If you go to slide number 13, and this is coming from RAND.org. And it just shows you some of the marketing that they try to put out there to make it look like it's so awesome. <laughs> They've got things like brain computer interfaces, uh, body implanted sensors, that's what we were just talking about, wearable neuro devices, because you know, I really want something to screw with mm -hmm. my nervous system, um, implantable <laughs> cardiac devices, <laughs> freestanding infusion pumps, you know, ingestible digital pills. That's great. That yeah. sounds super that safe. That sounds yummy. Right? And then wearable health trackers. So the only way we can get through this is with, like, sarcasm, as you can see, because some of this stuff is just so diabolical uh, t to us that people would actually say, like, yes, just just put all that technology inside of my body and uh, and I'll just trust it, you know? Because, mm -hmm. I mean, when, when they could make basic technology that works well, like, you know, cell phones that actually work and computers that don't break down and get viruses or, you know, then it's like, okay, maybe I'll trust the technology a little more, but I don't, I don't trust it at all. So um, if you go to the next slide, this one's a little creepy, but it's talking about that energy harvesting. These biosensors, this technology in general, um, it harvests energy from your body. So when they talk about green energy, um, this is what they mean. So we're talking about those 15 minute cities. They're basically, this is, this is leading into using human bodies to power the electricity in these 15 minute cities. So green energy is soylent green energy is what we're saying. So nanoscale wireless networks are expected to revolutionize a variety of domains with significant advances conceivable in in-body healthcare. In healthcare, these nano networks will consist of energy harvesting nano devices passively flo flowing through the bloodstream, taking action at certain locations and communicating results to power to, to more powerful body area networks or nodes. And this that comes from this paper below from ResearchGate, one of the IEEE papers as well, towards location aware in body terahertz nano networks with energy harvesting. And there's another paper down there we talked about earlier, also addressing the energy harvesting aspect, um, energy harvesting your body to run a terahertz network of devices or whatever you would need yeah. a network to run. Yeah. So the next slide, uh, slide 15, now we're gonna talk about the wireless healthcare and how they control your health. Yeah, so you have the IEEE EMBS are the world's largest international body of biomedical engineers under the IEEE. Wireless healthcare is what they're calling, and these are the different terms that we're all going to be hearing yeah, from here on out. Uh, precision healthcare. Which is AI driven. Yeah, most of these are, yeah. Uh, designer drugging, you, you know, because they have your bio biomedical information at the personal level, there'll be drugs just for you. Uh, electroceuticals, nanothermonostics, 
uh, Biomedical Tissue Engineering in Regenerative Medicine. So this is the industry that is changing your DNA. Most of these uh, things that are seen as solutions from the, from the terms I just mentioned, they do something to your DNA, which as a Christian is an abomination, but this is what they're offering as a solution. You're just as a human, it's an abomination. Yeah, right. So bringing in transhumanism and hooking uh, your body up to the cloud, that's, that's like, almost like a side feature for what they got planned next. And also these biomedical engineers, these are the new doctors. So doctors, as we know it, medical doctors, mm. they're being phased out. And these, this is what's replacing doctors. And a lot of doctors, they, some of them know it, some of them don't know it. So that's why when you speak to doctors and you're trying to talk to doctors about technology, it's a very difficult conversation to have because they're, they're in the biological and they don't understand the technological. So we're trying really hard mm. to bridge those two worlds so that doctors can understand the technology and what it's doing to humans. But having said that, um, being, you know, being realistic about how humans are with money incentive, um, to make things more difficult, to make it more confusing. For this rollout to happen, and since we know there's a fusion of fields, as IEEE has mentioned, you have people coming from the medical environment and biotech environment, combined with the electrical engineers, uh, with, with technicians, uh, with a true multi- On top of the doctors who generally don't know, there are doctors who do know. And they're getting paid a lot of money to be quiet. Yes. And, and how else can you keep a secret and no one in the general public knows, but you have this kind of research going on, hundreds of thousands of paper, hundreds of thousands of researchers, a lot, look at their names and they, they have titles in front and behind them and look at the dates in which these papers are written. A lot of people know about this. A lot of people are getting paid. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is, it, it's really it's, it's astronomical. We're going to go one level deeper into the details behind this on the next slide, which is uh, 16, because this is what they were doing to our loved ones in the hospitals. They're already used during COVID, right? They're already using um, all of this technology in these hospitals to, to gather data from people's bodies and send it to the cloud. Um, the nurses, the doctors, they were using uh, a technology called Omnet. Mm. Uh, this is where hospitals were using the medical body area networks uh, and a software called Omnet to report data from human bodies up to the cloud. And this was done in hospitals during COVID. Um, we did a report with Todd Callender talking about in the U.S., the U.S. government took like it was like 40,000 uh, military service people and their families and did this big experiment as part of the uh, the Pfizer clinical trials on the third phase clinical trial. They were basically reading the data from the injected uh, soldiers uh, in their bodies. And that data was coming from their body going onto a device. And that device was then sending all of that data up to a database in the clouds that they can use that as their third clinical trial. By the way, they use that experiment to get the emergency um, authorization that they needed in order to inject the rest of the American population um, with, with the Pfizer mm -hmm. vaccines. So um, this is the medical body area network that we're talking about, right? So you can, you can look this up. You can find this terminology. Please, everybody, look this stuff up for yourself. <laughs> Okay, this is not, we're not inventing this. This is, we're just telling you what the information out there says. 
Um, the medical body area networks uh, first report and order from the FCC, um, which is in America, the yes. regulations, yes. right? Yep. And this is from 2012. Okay. So, and, and by the way, what we do what, uh, Hope just mentioned is a, a, an example of the type of uh, diagnostic that you would see if you were operating in the, in the hospitals of the future is on the lower left there, where you have the patient, you have the implants that are in or on the body, and then you have the wireless network. Um, that it travels through with the IP address and routers. And that's a screen from the Omnet software. Yeah, that's the actual screen. Yeah. Yeah, so this is the kind of thing that people are looking at right now. Um, but, you know, they're not telling you the patient that's in there with a the problem. So uh, by this report, in order from the further notice of purport, proposed rulemaking, uh, we expand our Part 9.5 med radio rules to permit the development of new medical body area network, which is called M-band at the time, devices in the, gives a frequency range, and the proposed procedures for selecting a party to register and coordinate M-band use of that frequency range uh, to that portion of the band. Now, again, this is from the FCC uh, uh, mandate in 2012. The M-band technology will provide a flexible platform for the wireless networking of multiple body transmitters used for the purpose of measuring and recording physiological parameters and other patient information, or for performing diagnostic or therapeutic functions primarily in healthcare facilities. This platform will enhance patient safety, care, comfort by reducing the need to physically connect sensors to essential monitoring equipment by cables and or wires. So they're making the, you know, all those pesky cables and wires are a problem, so we have to go wireless. Mm -hmm. Our decision herein is the latest in the series of actions to expand the spectrum available for wireless medical use. This is what they were doing in you know all the hospitals. I know that this was you know American hospitals, but it was all over the world. Even where we are in Morocco, it was this medical body area network. It's it's global. It's in all different countries. And basically, it's why these hospitals turned into like killing fields. Mm. Don't go to the hospital if you're sick. It's the worst place to be. A lot of people, all kinds of things were done to human beings, and it was covered up in all the hospitals yeah. all over the world, especially during COVID. Did you have any uh, comments on any of that before we go on? Well, uh, I couldn't Yes, thank you so much. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, that's exactly what happened is we saw uh, through through everything that they were doing, if it whether it was remdesivir, um, you know, the death mm -hmm. jabs or putting people on these, um, you know, the the machines uh, that killed that killed so many people. Um, it just does seem that there's very evil intentions behind. Uh, and nobody really feels safe going to the hospitals anymore. Mm. And that's one reason that we feel PTSD, you know, as we yes. kind of see COVID in the mirror behind us. Um, yeah. And it's very sad. And and then your guy, you, you're adding, you're bringing a whole nother level of concern, you know, to the human population. So this this is fascinating. And I really appreciate you letting us know. And I think it's something that, uh, you know, we all want to know also how to protect ourselves so keep keep, yes, keep going yeah. so if you go to the next slide uh we have to tell you this is slide 17 um there is a covid wireless body area network it's a database they made a database for covid 
So this was done through something called Project Salus uh, in the United States, um, Joint Artificial Intelligence Center uh, for the United States Department of Defense. So it's done through the DOD. They have a database and a wireless body area network just for COVID. So humans were tracked and traced through COVID and the W band through something called Project Salus, which is a Pentagon effort that provided predictive logistics tools for COVID-19 response to the command. DOD. The DOD. And this is just in America. All the governments were working in lockstep. So Canada had its own version of this. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but I'm sure mm. we could look into it and find, I'm just giving you an example. This is how they did this in lockstep. They were collecting data from people's bodies and they called it the COVID-W band. And yeah, the thing published. that's I'm really sorry. crazy, um, yeah, it was, it was published here on the National Library of Medicine, uh, the NIH, an intelligent and energy efficient wireless body network area network to control coronavirus outbreaks. So that's the paper that we're getting this information from. You can also look up Project Salus itself and see how they implemented this. That's the COVID database W band. And also, just as a side note, um, the 5G cell towers, when they there's there's video footage where they were opening up the towers and on the circuit board inside, it actually had COVID written on the circuit board. I remember the, seeing that. Yes. I remember seeing right. that? And it was a mystery, like, why yes, would that section of the circuit videos. board have COVID written on it? Yep. This is why. that It was part of collecting the data from your body through the COVID-W band. So... That creeped me out a lot when I learned that this exists. Yeah. Also explains why there that, that was the only thing other than being locked into your home. The only thing that was going at warp speed was um, contractors on the corner by themselves putting up these towers all yeah. over the place. 5G towers kept going up during COVID. Everybody you know? else everybody else was under quarantine at home and you couldn't go to restaurants, mm -hmm. you couldn't go to church. Uh, you could go to a stripper bar or perhaps the liquor store, but um, exactly. you yeah, had yes, these guys yeah. out there working like crazy to get the 5G up. Mm -hmm. Yes. And now we know why they had to collect that data. Okay. And we've also got, um, we've also got the internet of behaviors. So we're on the next slide, slide 18, because this is part of it too. And you have to know about this. There's actually something called the Internet of Behaviors. Um, this is from a Forbes article that says the Internet of Behaviors is the next trend to watch. And this is recent. This came out like a couple months ago, this article. Okay, so the Internet of Behavior, or IOB, which is not to be confused with the Internet of Bodies. I know they share the same uh, acronym. Offers a revolutionary way to monitor, control, and model human behavior. Uh, it is a system that uses sensors and other technologies to monitor, analyze, and predict human behavior. So they want to be able to predict what everyone's going to do. It combines artificial intelligence, machine learning, big data analytics, cloud computing, and Internet of Thing devices, uh, mobile applications, wearable devices, augmented reality, the kitchen sink, uh, robotics automation systems, and more into one comprehensive platform for collecting behavioral data from individuals or groups. The collected data can be then used for various purposes, such as predictive analytics or automated decision-making processes. And up on the right here, we're, these are just like our ideas of what this 
could be leading towards like mass formation psychosis or what they were calling that dividing the right and the left and politics and mob formation mob formation psychological um, operations planned protests and movements and just general behavior changes in our family and friends and loved ones especially after the vaccines were deployed we've experienced that a lot with people around us just behavior changes and i think that this is the internet of behaviors that it's in full swing wow and there's a there's so a movie is- that just came out mm. There's a movie that right. just came out. Uh, the, the Obama world. movie. The, yes. yes. Right. Yeah, Leaving the, the world Obama behind. Movie. And I just did right. a little a little uh, Twitter video on it saying that the Internet of Behaviors was definitely being shown in that movie because they were experiencing all these different things, but they just they they were behaving so strangely. Yeah. So I think that it's already been deployed. Okay, so one of the things when you talk about Internet of Behaviors, Uh, Klaus Schwab recently, there's a clip being shown where he's saying, well, this is why we we won't need elections in the future because we'll already know the results. So they're collecting what everybody thinks. And so why would we have an election? Yeah, we already know that Joe is going to, you know, well, Joe Biden's going to vote for the Democrats, uh, you know, and we already know that Sally is is going Republican. And in, in Canada, I guess, you know, we've got several to choose from. Um, and so it's predictive. And so this is why they're actually saying in the future, we won't need elections. It's not only, excuse me, it's not only predictive, um, it is influential. So mm. if they can collect mm. data from you, they, can, write they you. can issue commands to you Yes. through this. So that's, that's something that's really important. There's something called Operation Crimson Mist which is an event that happened in Rwanda where they had two different tribes of people and they were fighting in a civil war and they flew over this this group of these two different groups of people with a microwave beam and they beamed one side of those people with electromagnetic frequencies certain types of frequencies to influence the behavior of those individual people and they ended up turning into homicidal maniacs and they slaughtered the other side. It's called Operation Crimson Mist. You can look it up. So you can use microwave technologies Mm -hmm. to beam at human beings and influence their behaviors. Especially if if it also interacts with things that they might have ingested or have in their systems. Yeah. So if you've got like a whole bunch of heavy metals in your body from injections that you've taken, even before the COVID injections, right? Um, A lot of us have heavy metal toxicity going on in our environment. So that can basically make you like a really good antenna for these microwave frequencies that are being beamed at groups of people in different ways. I remember when um, uh, Dr. Um, Oh, JT, if you could remind me, she's a beautiful doctor. And she, she talked about years and years ago. Madej. Uh, she, yeah, Dr. Madej, Carrie Madej. So what happened was she went to conferences where they talked about how one day you'll be able to tell the light to turn on. You'll be able to tell your oven to, to start. And she said she was sitting there going, this is, this is horrible because if you can communicate one way with your thoughts and be able to manipulate your surroundings, can they communicate to your brain thoughts? Can Mm -hmm. they tell you how to think? 
And so this is basically the concerns she had and started highlighting about two years ago when we first had her on. So, so you're showing that there's science behind this. And of course, when these world elites say we're hackable and say uh, controlling our minds, knowing what's inside your body, what's going on inside your brain, um, yes. this is yes. all it. This is it. There's a ton of uh, papers and research and studies and experiments behind, you know, the brain interface with technology. Something I really want to bring up, though, as a believer, is that um, one of the whistleblowers from DARPA that worked on this technology, the specific technology he worked on was called Voice to Skull or Voice of God technology. He said that while they were um, developing this technology that would beam a voice into your head, so you were thinking that you were hearing God talking to you, and they were using this in military operations in Iraq, yes, I believe yeah, it was. The first Iraq war, yeah. um, so he said that while they were developing this technology, it was it was it was very difficult for them to get it to work on people that believed in God. It didn't work well wow. on people that had a belief in God. And that reminds me of that That's verse awesome. about um, if the Holy Spirit is dwelling in you, then no other spirits can dwell in you. I'm paraphrasing it really badly, but it's like this Amen. technology doesn't take a hold on you when you as well when you believe in God. We can still be, you know, um Influenced. It deceived and influenced, but when you mm -hmm. just focus on God, it makes it so much harder for this technology to work on you. Yeah, you have which is why they're working overtime. Yeah, working overtime to, to this... delete religion, right? Exactly. Yes. Yes. Exactly. That's a race against the clock. <laughs> so we got to the next slide, slide nineteen. Okay, so now we're going to talk about bio, and we only have a few slides left, or six slides. Um, we are talking about biophotonics and optogenetics. Now, biophotonics is a field of biology and photonics that combines the interaction of light and biological materials. And now you have optogenetics, which is a biological technique to control the activity of neurons or other cell types with light. This is achieved by expression of light-sensitive ion channels and pumps or enzymes, specifically in the target cells. Um, all of our bodies have these cells, by the, by the way, like in our eyeballs and other parts of the body. Now, biosensors can be used to make a change in people's receptors within their body. For people whose receptors have been changed, they can be more sensitive to certain kinds of light, uh, light signaling from the environment or wireless network. So, there are ways to introduce these things into your body to make you more sensitive to things, including certain light. So then they create these environments with these lights that would then, you know, be turning on and off around your body to influence you. So visible light communication or VLC in telecommunications, visible light communication is the use of visible light as a transmission medium. VLC is a subset of optical wireless communications technologies, and the technology uses fluorescent lamps to transmit signals at 10 kilobits uh, or LEDs 
for up to 500 um, Mbits over short distances. So these are examples of the new VLC lighting that will be used to control people. Can you just explain a little bit what we're seeing here? Okay, so uh, the two images at the bottom there, obviously in the right, it's an office environment. By the way, this lighting uh, would have to have some kind of transmit and receive circuitry. So it, it would probably be sold as a unit, but it'd be in an office environment. You wouldn't be able to tell that the lights used, that warm glow would be also transmitting data. It's so fast that your eye wouldn't be able to perceive the data being transmitted. Um, it's just showing wow. that the wireless connectivity through uh, the light, using light to connect, uh, to connect to your wireless devices. Now, the one on the left is in the public space. So presumably it would be a government contractor, uh, private part, a private corporate, what, private public partnership type thing, where you got these lights, um, lampposts um, emitting uh, lights uh, through the light, all kinds of data uh, that would connect to, well, it's showing some of these signals coming off of the actual heads of the people uh, and the car, and but they're wireless devices. And the question would also come into, as you can see, there's a transmitter on these lampposts as well. Uh, is that also one of the functions of the new purple, blue, ultraviolet lights that people are seeing um, installed over the past two years? Yeah, this is what uh, this is what we're thinking it is, is that they've been installing these weird purple lights and these systems yes. so that when they're using them, they're controlling or influencing people through optogenetics. I mean, you've seen some, uh, we've seen some footages where uh, people would be at the intersection and they'd put their you know, they'll point their cell phone camera at the new lights that are installed at the intersection where it's flashing, flickering the violet very quickly. Um, very strange. Yeah, lights really, um, they really affect us. I mean, just when you're out in the sunshine, don't you feel so much better? And when it's cloudy yes. and you haven't seen the sun in a long time, yeah. doesn't that make you really depressed? And you're like, man, I really got to get out more, right? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Right. It makes sense, so, you know, they have all this this light therapy to help people as well. Yes. So obviously light is very important. And this takes it to sort of a, a new level of um, trying to manipulate people. It's it's just, wow. Mm -hmm. um, Keep going. You, you bring up a good point, Laura. A lot of this technology uh, has been weaponized, but the very same technology, if like they change the frequency or, or change the intensity, yeah. it can actually heal you. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the thing about the technology. Like he just said, they could use it for bad or they can just change it a little bit and it can be used to help you, mm -hmm. to heal you, you know? So it's, it's all about wow. the intention and the agenda behind the technology and how it's being used. So we go to the next slide and we got two more slides just before we, we tie it all up with, um, with our, our big system upgrade that we're trying to explain here. We want to talk about the weaknesses in their system. So the leaders of this industry, they give all these big presentations and these conferences and a lot of more online on YouTube. You can watch them in full length uh, where they clearly list in their presentation all the obstacles or the weaknesses in their technology that they struggled to overcome. They come out with, you know, here's all of our weaknesses. Uh, so below is a list of examples. These are technical terms. This is why they needed to upgrade the system in order to get their tech to work well enough to achieve their goals. They couldn't get the electromagnetic wave across 
the old network, okay? So this is what happened in 2017. Before then, they couldn't get the technology to work across what they already had. So they had to upgrade the whole system. These were the weaknesses, uh, free space, signal absorption, interference, line of sight propagation, fading, Doppler effects, distance, especially in the 60 gigahertz and terahertz bands range, which is where all those metamaterials, mm -hmm. they need to they need to work in those terahertz ranges, yes, yeah. right? Energy consumption and coverage. So if you go to the next slide, this is what they're calling the cyber physical backbone. And this is the new system infrastructure includes everything, tying it all together. The 5G towers, satellites, especially the small nano satellites that have been uh, thrown up there in the past three years, uh, metamaterials and fiber optics. So the cyber physical system or CPS or intelligence system is a computer system, which is a mechanism is controlled or monitored by computer based algorithms you know, removing the need to have so many humans uh, to monitor, to, to be part of the system. Uh, a backbone or a core network is a part of a computer network which interconnects networks, providing a path for the exchange of information between different local area networks or LANs or sub-networks. A backbone can tie together diverse networks in the same building, for example, or in different buildings on a campus environment or over wide areas. A cyber physical system, or CPS, and the Internet of Things are converging over time to include a common emphasis on hybrid systems of interacting data, digital, analog, physical, and human components. And that's taken from the uh, NIST, uh, National Institute of Science and Technology. All right, and then you also have something called load balancing. This is, uh, and this is a term that means to test the ability to transmit signals over uh, the new networks they just installed. Uh, like the 5G network infrastructure that was installed also recently. And so what you're looking at here is a paper um, from the IEEE called Industrial Cyberphysical Systems, a Backbone of the Fourth Industrial Revolution. And so this infrastructure was deployed in 2017. And this is the same year that all the terahertz metamaterials, all those little everything we were talking about earlier, those, those were all deployed during the same year. So what we're seeing here is basically upgrading from dial up to broadband on yes. their entire global network of this particular technology. And so if you go to the next slide, we, we tie it all together and we show you the system upgrade that happened right underneath our noses without us even realizing what they did. Nobody paid attention. Nobody, nobody saw this. Um, but all Ooh. the people in the industry sure, sure knew what was going on. Yes. Okay. So first, so first, even with all the technology that they had developed up to this point, it still wasn't doing what they wanted it to, meaning control humans. That's mm -hmm. what they're trying to develop this, this technology to do. And it wasn't doing it at the levels of speed and efficiency that they needed. So they did a full system upgrade. Number two, this upgrade was initiated in 2017 when they installed the infrastructure for the new system known as the cyber physical backbone. No one in the non-tech world even noticed, but the IEEE world, however, knew all about it. By the documentation. Yep. Bringing it to number three, once the infrastructure was deployed, then they graphenated the population through creating a fake pandemic, 
making people shelter in place, which is for better tracking and tracing abilities, and injected most of the world's population with graphene. They needed the graphene injected, which is a big difference from just bioaccumulation from the environment. They needed it injected into people's bodies for the amplification of the signals. And so this is bringing us to number four, the new system with the graphenated population is now ready for the deployment of 15 minute smart cities as a means to control the world's population. And that brings us to some of the information that you have been mm -hmm. presenting on your show, Laura, about those 15 minute cities, communism. This is how they've been bringing us. This is, this is their plan. And this is where they're bringing us. So the next, um, the next slide, uh, number 23, these are just some different bodies of information that you can research on your own. These are the different methods that they used in order to do this upgrade over many years. Look up something called mosaic warfare, global information grid, lethal autonomous weapon systems, network centric warfare, project Maven, just to name a few. Each one of these is its own body of research so that you can understand exactly how the governments of the world have been doing this to the people. Um, and if you go to the next slide, it just shows you the 15 minute smart cities, which they try to make you think is like this wonderful utopia, right? but it's not. So, you know, I mean, you're basically looking at a dystopia there on the left and on the right, what you see is uh, China already started building uh, this is it came out of an article a chinese from a chinese newspaper where um this is the city of xiangyang city probably didn't say that right uh, one of the world's largest construction sites so their government is building it to be a 15-minute city you see all the blue buildings under construction there so they plan to relocate four million people from beijing to to this place under a mixed system of both voluntary and coercive measures. You wonder what those coercive measures are. So every lamppost in the city will be equipped with facial recognition cameras and every entrance and exit will have checkpoints placed on them. Um, so that's their design. And that wow. was the thing I'm trying to, I'm trying to think about how like my family members that live in America that live in their own home, how would they get them to leave their house? and go move into a 15-minute city. Right. And that's a really scary thought. How would you get people to do that? Mm. You know? So with that said, our last slide on slide 25 um, is we just want to talk about the concept of fighting the bad technology with the good technology. So in our research, first of all, what we do here, we have our own um, EMF protections products business. We make these products by hand. There's a ton of information on our site about how they work, um, how we make them, why they work, the way they do. We are Christians, so we don't uh, you know, prescribe any of like woo-woo, new agey stuff to our products. This is all based on science and we show how they can be measured on our website. But in our work, we've noticed when we're looking at the IEEE papers and this bad technology, they use certain um, aspects of technology, things like piezoelectric effects, yes. backscatter, the morphogenic field and surface areas. Yes. This is how all these nanotechnologies are working. 
Well, our natural God-given technology called orgone is actually working on those same in those same ways. So this is how we could use good technology to fight the bad technology. We call it EMF protection. Basically what it does is it transforms the fields that are created by this bad technology into different fields of energy that are more compatible that are more compatible to human life. So you can learn more about our products if you'd like on our site. Um, and just basically know that there is hope. There are things you can do to protect yourself. And the number one thing you can do is to educate yourself yes. on this technology and this industry so you know what's being done to you. Your family and your friends. That That is absolutely amazing because uh, we've started putting our phones, you know, into uh, those little packs that... Uh, um, Faraday cases, you know, that prevents, yes. you know, information getting to your phone and not tracking us. Um, we're using that more and more. And we're also keeping our cell phones away from our own body more and more whenever we can. Yeah. And, you know, making, um, making uh, choices to do this. So what you're saying is through these things that you found through what you do, you can literally protect your body uh, from this this stuff and also I guess uh, figuring out ways to get rid of that graphene from your body um, mm. is very good as well um, yeah we actually we're, we're when, really when, mm -hmm. when we when we talk about like this concept of EMF protection it's always like a more holistic approach where in addition to using products to clean your environment you definitely want to do different types of detoxes to get stuff out of your body in a, you know, together in, in harmony. So like heavy yes. metal detoxes is a big one. Yeah. That's amazing. So Hope and Tivon, your website again, could you list that off for us? Yeah, it's uh, FTW project. It's fix the world Morocco. And that's been under your name. Okay. Yeah. And you can, uh, we have a blog there that has all of our articles uh, with all of this research that we've been putting together with all the links that you can look at. So check out the blog post there as well. And it, we're a small family run business. And, you know, we've been doing this since 2017. Interesting year. Yeah. Right. A lot happened in that year. <laughs> a lot happened. So 2017. And uh, at this point, we've had over 20,000 customers all over the world. So it's been wow. working really well. We've been blessed and we've been helping a lot of people. So we feel really, really great about doing that. Well, you've, you've really helped us. And I just thank you for what you're doing. Um, and thank you for doing an unusual interview with me as I've driven to pick up someone at the airport. And, and I'm literally here <laughs> and, I, and I know that they're walking out here in just a moment. So uh, this was timed perfectly. And um, I'm really grateful to you. I thank you for being courageous and for following God's voice and for bringing wisdom to the world. And I do pray that you're protected and safe because I, I would have some thoughts that some folks uh, might not be happy about what you, what you share on and the information you're releasing. So God's protection be upon you. And let's Thank do you. this Thank again you. because you, um, I, I'm thinking that there's probably a lot more. And as oh, yeah. time goes on, you'll have a lot more to divulge as well. So we'd be happy to, um, to, to speak with you again. Thank you. That would be it's great. really mind boggling. Yeah. If anybody in your audience has like um, 
questions or information that they're interested in knowing about, you know, just send us an email because we do, we put together mm -hmm. this research so that we can help keep people updated on what's going on in the industry. So definitely okay. we'd love to come on again and thank yes. you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Laura. Even okay. in the car, whatever it takes to get <laughs> okay. the information. Out, right? Hopefully I'm in the studio <laughs> next time, but it's been wonderful. Like I just felt the grace of God just over this broadcast. Um, this, I, I, I have a sense we're supposed to know this. Um, and so I thank you. God bless you so much. Take God care. Bless God bless you too. too. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Well, beautiful people. You can see what I mean about having some very startling information. Um, uh, how do we, you know, walk through all of this and certainly not by being fearful, but by understanding that God's in full control, but the enemy uh, the deceiver, he certainly wants to implement evil strategies for the destruction of mankind. Absolutely loved that presentation, and I hope that you do too, and that you'll check out uh, more about Hope and Tavon. And I just want to thank you. Uh, my website is laurelin.tv. We appreciate that you support us. Thank you very, very much for your kindness to us. Um, it, uh, it means a lot, you know, when we get those uh, notices, updates that people are uh, supporting us, we just, we just give God thanks because this is the only way that we do it. We're not supported by some big organization. We don't have, uh, you know, we certainly don't have the Jews, as we've recently pointed out. Uh, the Jews are not funding us. <laughs> but, but. Uh, we're here every day because we love to present to you what we believe God's asking us to do, and that is to tell the truth. So thank you for your kindness. I mean it in all sincerity. As we near the end of the year, as we come to, um, you know, to another milestone, 2024, just around the corner, we just thank you. Thank you so much for being part of this. You're still able to get a tax receipt. So, you know, we are a... Uh, an organization that that talks about God's purposes in the middle of everyday life. So God's purposes, uh, you know, in the middle of culture, in the middle of the news items of the day. So when you send in finances to us, you support this ministry and you get to help us keep doing what we do. So whether you want to do that anonymously by pushing that donate button right there, you can donate to us anonymously uh, we'll, we'll never know your name unless you send us an email and let us know that it's you. And also, um, uh, some of you may prefer to do an e-transfer, and that would be through Live at protonmail.com. And another way would be snail mail. And we love snail mail. You know, when you guys send us snail mail, you also, you know, send a nice little card or, or you know, you, you don't have to write anything, believe me, and you don't have to send me a card either, like, you know, but uh, it's really fun to go to the mail and have these beautiful things and the encouragement that we receive. It really keeps us going. So we appreciate it. May God be with you as you journey into this next year. All right. I just want to let you know that um, the word of God gives us some good advice on what to do when we feel that uh, that we are overcome. It's interesting that the psalmist David um, was actually fighting real army bad dudes. Uh, they were coming for him with swords. Uh, they wanted to take his life. And 
David had to rely on the name of the Lord. And in Psalms 69, verse 16, it says, Answer me, Lord, out of the goodness of your love. In your great mercy, turn to me. Do not hide your face from your servant. Answer me quickly, for I am in trouble. Come near and rescue me. Deliver me because of my foes. You know how I am scorned, disgraced, and shamed. All my enemies are before you. Scorn has broken my heart and has left me helpless. I looked for sympathy, but there was none. For comforters, there was, there was none for comforters, but I found none. He was looking for them. They put gall in my food and gave me vinegar for my thirst. And now some people say that that is, uh, that is a foreshadowing of what happened to Jesus, that when they offered him water, they actually gave him vinegar and gall. May the table set before them become a snare. May it become a retribution and a trap. May their eyes be darkened so they cannot see and their backs be bent forever. Pour out your wrath on them. Let your fierce anger overtake them. May their place be deserted. Let there be no one to dwell in their tents. David had the enemies of God, literally the Philistines. Um, at times, uh, the, the fight was so vicious that many were killed in the Israelite army. This was, these were real battles uh, against um, those that did not honor the ways of God, those who did not understand the ways of God. And so in needing God's protection, he prayed pretty specific prayers. I don't, you know, how does it feel if you've got sort of a, an enemy and you start praying, you know, desert them, you know, persecute uh, them. Uh, may their place be deserted. Help them to lose everything, God, like we're supposed to be loving New Testament. <laughs> but it's interesting that God, he does promise to be our shield, our protector, our comforter in times of trouble. God does promise, he does promise us that he will be there in our time of need. When those uh, who have, do not have good intentions against us when they will rise up against us. God promises to be our shield, our protector. He has angelic forces that will be there with us. He will, he will not leave us unprotected. And it's a matter of faith that we give to God, that we give him our, that we give him our faith that we know that even though it might look bad in a moment, and there were times, and I love reading the Psalms, and I love reading through Samuel and Kings, because David talks about those times where they were just broken. And in one time, the enemy came in while they were out battling in another area and took all of their wives and children. And David and all of the men were just gutted, and, and they were broken. And in fact, it does say that um, the, the men were going to stone David. But David, he besought the Lord. He went to God. God protected him from those men who wanted to kill him. And God protected him from every foe in his life. And David, in the middle of a time when people literally wanted to kill him with the spear and the javelin, God protected him and he lived a long life and died a beautiful death quietly before the Lord, going to be laid to rest with all the other kings. 
God is with us. He's with you. Thank you so much for these times that we spend together. May God be with you and bless you and keep you in all, in all you do. And Happy New Year, everyone. God bless. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing, but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked, and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.